the TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at TNTradio.live. Issues that dominate America. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, it's time for State of the Nation. We're broadcasting live right here on today's News Talk. I'm Brian McLean, broadcasting out of Central Texas. I'm joined by Steve Hook, who's out there on the Jersey Shore. Steve, welcome to State of the Nation. Oh, it's great. What a great State of the Nation it is today, huh? Uh, it's good to be with you, Hash. What a big show we've got, man, and uh, kind of a Trumpian show, uh, but it'll be a good one. We've got some great guests, so I'm looking forward to it. Good to see you, brother. Yeah, well, you know, as we approach the uh, the Iowa caucuses here, that does seem to be dominating the news feeds. So we're going to jump in there, see what we can find. Uh, we're going to have some great conversations today. We're going to talk to Wayne Allen Root. Always enjoy talking to Wayne. Rich Rubino will be joining us also here in the first hour. Gene Valentino and Liz Harrington in the second hour. So we do have a great show lined up and uh, very much looking forward to it. Um, big shout out to everybody in the interactive live chat room, all of our Twitter followers, x.com, if you prefer. I guess that's where we're going these days. And of course, uh, Instagram, shout out to anybody over there uh, that's following TNT. So follow today's news talk over there on all the socials. We'd appreciate that. Share our shows around. We appreciate that as well. Now, Steve, I got to launch into, uh, you know, I was surfing the uh, international news today and i couldn't help but notice this one this is sort of a big one here and it's not getting much voice in america um one audrey durkant i don't know if i pronounced that right um out of ukraine claims u.s officials are shielding graft in his country so he's speaking about the republican-led effort to impeach u.s president joe biden and how it should include an indictment for facilitating corruption in kiev uh, former that's a former Ukrainian MP right there, Andre Durkash. Uh, he said this in an interview published just yesterday. Um, the impeachment inquiry against Biden dismissed by U.S. Democrats as a partisan publicity stunt is looking into the president's potential involvement in influence peddling in Ukraine by his son, Hunter. It also invest it's also investigating possible interference in the 2020 US presidential election during which reporting about Biden Biden Jr's laptop was suppressed by partisan American media and tech giants. Now this is really interesting Steve because uh, this former Ukrainian MP is a controversial figure and he's worked with Rudy Giuliani, uh Donald Trump's lawyer who investigated Biden's ties with Ukraine. And he spoke to an Italian slash U.S. journalist, uh, Simona Manganet. Simona, oh, yeah, she's, she's a friend of the show here. So, so Simona spoke with him in the Belarusian capital in Minsk and uh, claimed there was substantial evidence of the Biden family enriching itself in Ukraine, which is being ignored by authorities. And uh, this is really interesting right here, too. Here's the quote. What's important to me is the congressional investigation is not to bring Biden in for influence peddling. It's important for me that the final document of the Congress says that the money stolen from fellow Ukrainians was taken out of Ukraine and given to Biden. So that fits right along with the uh, Sam Bankman Freed scamming that we've seen and uh, pretty, pretty strong words there um, by the former Ukrainian MP. Yeah, uh, it's God, it's, somebody's got a dose of common sense over there. And of course, the media is going to ignore this. Uh, for all the reasons you listed, he's uh, associated with uh, Giuliani. 
you know, the guy that brought the mob down in New York City, the guy that cleaned up New York City, made it the safest uh, major city in uh, the Western Hemisphere, for that matter. I mean, um, look, everybody was making money in Ukraine. Uh, Everybody was making money out of Burisma, not just uh, Democrats, by the way. But nobody was uh, making as much money as the Biden international family of grift. And it just goes to show you how one man can destroy two countries. I mean, Biden's wrecked the U.S. and he's devastated Ukraine, too. And I tell you, man, and Hesh, we've talked about it before. I'm convinced that this whole war is just a war of cover up and obfuscation and keep it going. We're not going to let them win the war because we don't want it to end, you see, because once it ends, then people might start asking some dicey questions. Uh, it's doesn't shock me. Is this guy still based in Ukraine? Because I'm wondering if uh, if Zelensky's uh, secret no. police are going to come knocking on his door. He's gone. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He's, I'm sure he's basic. He's basically in hiding. I think that's why he's in Belarus because. Oh, he's in Belarus. Know, like, OK. Yeah, yeah. This this interview with Simona would be highly contentious. So I had to bring it up because our media is not going to bring it up. And, you know, you're no. right to bring up Burisma. He cited Burisma, the head of Burisma, one Nikolay Zolchevsky, who in 2020 was accused of sending six million dollars in cash to people investigating him in exchange for closing the case, caught red handed. And neither uh, Zolchevsky nor his middlemen have been punished or anything like that. So yeah. effectively, and a Porchenko slap on was the wrist fired. Is all. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And Porchenko was fired. So yeah, uh, it's it's so it's it is a uh, John Leclerc novel, is what it is. But it's just that that everybody's known that Ukraine is corrupt and has been the most corrupt uh, former Soviet bloc nation in Europe, which of course means it's the most corrupt nation in Europe. Um, so. Yeah, a lot of people made money hand over fist. And again, not just the Bidens. I mean, there's uh, there's uh, uh, there's talk that uh, McConnell's may have made uh, may have made some money. McConnell and his wife, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, I forget her last name, her, her name. But at any rate, they made money. Um, and so did uh, Romney, apparently. So this guy, I, I guess Zelensky, any any minute now, uh, Hesh, we're going to get Zelensky saying, I completely support what he's... No, that's probably not. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? Hey, why not give TNT a follow? We're on all the major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, Gitter, Truth Social, all of them. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT. Clashing on the controversies. It's a woke society, and I am fed up with it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Fox Corp., one of the largest media companies in the U.S., has launched a blockchain platform that will allow companies to track how their content is being used online and for users to verify the source of what they see. Here with the story, joining us now is TNT News producer Adam Clark. So, Ruckus, what do we got here? This sounds uh, like good news, bad news, or just bad news? What have we got here? A technocracy, if we can keep it. Oh, see what I did there. <laughs> um, so, this is not good. I, there's something about this one that is just like giving me goosebumps. I, I can't. I don't know. I need your guys' help with this. Uh, but they actually call this thing Verify. It's literally called Verify. Uh, the Verify 
Oh, wow, this is not good. Uh, the Verify platform uh, was developed in conjunction with a blockchain company by the name of Polygon Labs, and it aims to be a game changer for online media and allow users to verify content history and original sources through an open source protocol. Ready for this scientific word salad? In theory, it will operate as an internet database of media content that's cryptographically signed to establish the content's origin and history. Because we all need this in our lives. Well, we just didn't know it. In an announcement on January 9th, Polygon Labs said Verify will address a problem that, quote, needs to be met head on, end quote. Because at the moment, quote, there haven't been many real-world solutions that prove the provenance of any given piece of content, end quote, i.e. like vetting, anyway. Uh, however, Verify doesn't appear to authenticate the accuracy of the content itself, just the original source. The blockchain company said, quote, though advances in AI have developed at a breathtaking pace, one downside of these platforms has been the rise of AI-generated media, from articles to audio to images, distinguishing truth from lies is difficult. With this technology, readers will know for sure that an article or image that purportedly comes from a publisher, in fact, originated at the source, end quote. Additionally, Verify can establish a technical bridge between media companies and AI platforms. If the platform works as advertised, media companies can register content on the platform to verify it's theirs. Once the content is verified, usage rights can be granted to AI platforms that want to use the content to train language models that support apps such as ChatGPT. Fox and whoever else uses the platform could use it to negotiate licensing deals for content with AI companies. Cha-ching! Polygon Labs said, quote, as AI generated text and images flow more widely online, Verify will be able to help consumers not only identify the veritable source of content, but also give media publishers more control over relationships with AI platforms scraping the web, end quote. According to a statement from Fox Corp's chief technology officer, Melody Hildebrandt, Fox privately launched a beta version of the Verify protocol in August. The company began uploading content to the database during Fox News's first Republican primary presidential debate last year. Since then, over 80,000 pieces of content have been assigned to the system from Fox News, Fox Business, Fox Sports, and Fox's local television stations. Uh, apparently, eventually, the plan will be to put all Fox content through the Verify protocol, including Fox's entertainment content. Nice timing on this one, gentlemen. What do you think about this? Oh, it could never wow. be abused. This could never. Yeah, be no, abused. this this sounds great. This is wonderful. <laughs> I'm I'm with Steve. I'm really glad this this could never get abused at all. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, the way you the way you tell the story, it sounds like Fox is doing it so they can verify all of their stories as this originated from Fox. But 
that's where the good news stops as far as I'm concerned because this can absolutely be abused. This can be abused to, uh, to, to, to basically say a story that we know to be true is not true because it can't get verified properly or whatever. It's just this is the danger, I think, of AI-generated uh, everything uh, because it, it, it's going to be like living in the matrix. Where What's, what's reality and what's... Uh, you know, not reality. And this kind of tool, while it sounds good, uh, it could easily be abused. At least that's my take. Hash. I'm not, you know me, I'm not, I, I'm an analog guy living in a digital world. I just try and make sense of it. <laughs> well, yes, you are Steve. And we support you in that endeavor. Um, <laughs> okay. First off, this feels like a Trojan horse for a digital ID scheme i would say because if you're going to do this if you're going to do this on a blockchain um you're not going to be able to have that aspect of it and that's what they really want is that um digital id so the digital id is probably going to have to be in place uh i don't know from soup to nuts not really sure and then there's the question of fair use how does this how does this affect fair use so if uh, you know, I as a broadcaster want to use a piece of Fox News, it's um, traditionally been fair use for me to play it, analyze it, speak about it, whatever, pause it while it's playing, uh, and do these sort of things. Does that change? Does does do we end? Does this also a Trojan horse for a new era where uh, citizen journalists and um, people from the public are? going to have problems if they're using mass media cartel news clips. I got to wonder about that. Um, the licensing deals that you mentioned there, Ruckus, that's worth underlining. Uh, there could be a giant money-making uh, wave uh, built into this. So, yeah. Uh, there, and, and one last thing. Um, <laughs> what, what Vetting. You also mentioned vetting. Um that's the job of journalists traditionally. Uh, if a journalist is going to say something, um, you know, especially if it's original work, they should vet it. Don't they? Aren't they supposed to have three sources of vetting? All this stuff. So we're just going to offload that onto an IT platform here, a blockchain IT platform, and then what? Uh, how does this work um, internationally? How does it work internationally? Do does international law get involved? Is the FCC involved? Uh, is it subject to some of these new uh, rules and regulations coming out that uh, other countries are putting out with regards to hate speech and 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 this sort of thing? You know, disinformation. So um, I don't know. A lot of pitfalls here, Ruckus. Anything else that you noticed? No, I'm just like yeah, uh, all of that. I, I fear it to be a technocratic Trojan horse as well. I don't. I don't know 100% where this is leading, but, um, you know, my spidey sense is definitely tingling. Uh, that's for darn sure. Um, also, yeah, you, how asinine for the them to announce that there's not been many real-world solutions to prove the prominence of anything. I'm like, as you <laughs> mentioned, yeah, we, that wouldn't be a problem if the media just did their freaking job. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? So, again, they did this <laughs> to themselves. They always roll – Hesher, this is what you and I talk about all the time – for years now on the boiler room and other places and in private discussions that this, this technological solution to problems that they created, it's always been this way. Problem, reaction, solution, Steve, every time it seems like. Yeah. And that's not just, that. that's true of not just uh, big tech. That's true of big government too. Uh, create the problem and then whoops, now we need the solution. It's uh 
standard MO, and it's usually the standard MO of uh, people that are, let's just say, have an authoritarian streak and maybe perhaps a tyrannical uh, streak. So, (laughs) yeah, well, those are the streaks we're exactly looking to shine a light on and root out right here at State of the Nation. Stay tuned. We got more coming at you right here with today's news talk, TNT. TNT Radio's James Freeman. We have new revised figures from the Office for National Statistics showing that legal, that's not illegal, that's legal, net migration to the UK has witnessed one of the largest increases on record. Three quarters of a million additional people are now living in the UK in the space of just one year. A huge number that comes just three years after we left the European Union. Now, I didn't vote for Brexit um, because of immigration. I voted because of democracy, but millions did vote because they think too many people are coming into the country, which makes what the government has allowed to happen an absolute two fingers up to the people and democracy. Another example, if we needed another, of how the government does the exact opposite to what the people want and vote for. The Freeman Report and James Freeman on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Division Council and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at, and then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. If you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation on today's News Talk. And uh, we're going to be joined by Wayne Allen Root here in just a bit. But, Hesh, uh, before we do, I want to talk to you about what's... uh, Now, this is funny. You'll probably get a kick out of this because it's so telling of how the this disastrous green revolution really is and it's not just disastrous for uh for for the country but it's disastrous for companies that embrace it talking about hertz hertz rental car is selling basically their entire fleet of evs 20,000 electric vehicles they're going to put on the auction block and guess what they're replacing them with hesh if you said gas powered vehicles you would be correct uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what to do. Yep. Uh, Hertz announced on Thursday uh, that it's selling roughly 20,000 EVs and rebuilding its fleet with gas-powered autos. 
Hertz cited higher repair costs as one of the main reasons behind the move. Well, put it this way. If it's going to hurt a company like Hertz in their pocketbook, it's a good chance that the repair bills won't be any cheaper on the homeowner and, you know, just a standard citizen. Previously, Hertz uh, Hertz, uh, had announced that it was going to order 100,000 Tesla EVs by the end of 2022. And now at the beginning of 2024, they're selling off 20,000 of them. So what do you think about that? Uh, I'm not surprised. I've noticed in my travels in 2023 that uh, people aren't renting the EVs. You know, it's, it seems to be sort of rare that people actually want to, you know, click EV in their rental car. Uh, I even was standing in line at uh, Avis a few months ago, and someone came in and complained because they were given an EV. They were like, I don't want this. It's not going to work for me. I want a normal car. So much like, you know, the the selling of EVs, I don't think they're as popular as, uh, you know, the system would like us to believe. No, not at all. And even, you know, even Elon Musk cops to that. He's like the hardest company it is to keep above water for him. It's not the boring company. It's not SpaceX. It's Tesla because people just aren't buying them. If you're going to rent a car and you want to go from one state to another, you don't want to think, gee, do they have charging stations I've never even charged a car. How the hell do I work a charging station? They just want to pull into a gas station, you know, uh, uh, grab a soda or something, fill their tank and be on their way. And EVs just do not do well. I'll never forget that disastrous trip that uh, our secretary of uh, transportation uh, took with it. What was what's her name again? Um, uh, she's from New York, but at any rate, I'm having a tough time with this. By the way, I did remember Mitch McConnell's wife is Elaine Chow. I did remember that. Um, <laughs> yes, but 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 anyway, I mean, every time they tried to do it, they had to send. <laughs> they were Gillibrand, Kristen Gillibrand. Yeah, they were having to send a fleet of gas-powered cars in advance to block off the charging stations, so when the Secretary of Transportation got there, she could charge the EV. And the trip didn't even get halfway done before they just canceled it. And the media naturally paid very little attention to that disaster. But there you go. Yeah. All right. Well, tell you what, we got a headline inbound. And then Wayne Allen Roots joining us right here on State of the Nation at TNT. All right, let's get this underway. For our first order of business. TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. During a primetime Fox News town hall in Iowa, former President Donald Trump addressed a supportive audience, but faced a direct question about his leadership intentions. Co-host Brett Baer asked Trump to clarify his statement about potential bedlam in the country if criminal prosecutions against him were pursued. At a congressional hearing on Wednesday, Republican legislators confronted Hunter Biden for not complying with a congressional subpoena, accusing him of contempt of Congress. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. Without further ado, let's bring on Wayne Allen Root. We told you it was going to be a Trump-heavy broadcast today, and we're going to start, start in with Wayne Allen Root. He joins us now. Of course, he's a television radio host, podcaster. Uh, RootForAmerica.com is the website. Wayne Allen Root, hello, sir. Welcome back to State of the Nation. How are you, man? All right, great. Stay. Hey, Steve. Hey, Brian. How are you? Good, good. Very good. Yeah, listen, I wanted to ask you, Wayne, um, just a couple of moments ago, well, about, about an hour ago, closing arguments wrapped with this uh, 
this crazy case in New York, Letitia James uh, and Judge uh, Engeron. Arthur Ergeron, yeah. Ergeron, whatever, however you pronounce his name. I just know him as the hack. Uh, mm -hmm. Very scary looking guy. But here they're bringing a case that has never, ever been prosecuted in the history of the state of New York. And I don't even think there is a case here. This is just a... Uh, a, a uh, they're just playing political games here. And I understand Trump's frustration with it, but how do you think this thing is going to shake out? Well, you know, I was born and raised in New York. I was born in Malvern, New York, in Malvern Hospital. I was raised till I was 26 years old in New York. And then I became an anchor man on CNBC and drove cross country and moved to LA and, and anchored their broadcast from Los Angeles. But I lived 26 years in New York and I am so glad I'm gone because it is a communist state. So is California, by the way. I'm glad I'm gone from California, which was great when I got there, but over 13 years slowly became a communist state and a foreign state filled with nothing but foreigners who've invaded our country. Now I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I'm glad to be out of those places. New York is nothing but a witch hunt against Donald Trump. It's incredible. Whether you're talking yeah. about the, the civil trial that you're talking about, uh, or you're talking about the, the criminal trial by Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan district attorney. But I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, don't feel too bad for Donald Trump. I, I see him all the time. I'm a great friend of his and he's always in good spirits. And this has made his campaign. He will be the next president of the United States because of this. I, I'm about to write a column right now about poor Ron DeSantis. He never had a chance from the moment Trump got indicted by Alvin Bragg in New York. All these indictments and all these trials just prove to everyone including all my black friends who used to be Democrats. Now they're all on Trump's side because everyone I know who's African-American thinks like this. The government is against us. The police are against us. It's a lifelong witch hunt because we're black. And they look at Trump and they go, Trump's one of us now. He's the man. <laughs> Everybody loves Trump. He's going to get massive black votes. He's going to get massive legal Latino votes. He won't get illegals, but he'll get all the legal Latinos. Every Latino I meet is for Trump. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So it's all because these idiots, these morons, but they're more than morons. They're Nazis. And I'm Jewish, so I can say that. I know a Nazi when I see one. The Democrat leadership of America is Nazis. And they're out to weaponize and destroy all of us with fake charges, fake arrests, SWAT raids. It's, it's sickening. And so what they've done is they've gone so far overboard that every American can see what's happening. And Trump is leading in every poll for the presidency. And he's also for the primary leading by 40, 50 points in every state, except maybe Iowa and New Hampshire will be the trickiest two states at the very start. It's the way it's always been. They're very... The people there like to shock the nation. They always pick someone who never winds up the nominee. But the third state in the GOP primary is Nevada, where I live. And I can assure you Trump will win by 40 or more points in the Nevada caucus. And from that point on, it's clear sailing and he'll win the nomination by a mile. So I think he'll win Iowa. I think he'll win New Hampshire. But it'll probably be a little closer than any other state. And then all the other states will be a landslide. And Trump will, will just explode to the nomination. Wayne, I noticed, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're here representing Nevada today. Uh, very pleased to see you again. Thanks for joining us. And I noticed in uh, Nevada, we were talking yesterday about how the Ninth Circuit, even an Obama appointed judge, threw out this this whole concept of taking Trump off of the ballot in the state. 
Uh, so it looks like even you know judges appointed by the other team, if you will, are started starting to say, well, hey, wait a minute, my reputation's on the line right here. I can't play these kinds of dirty politics. I mean, any, any thoughts on that and and what you expect out of Nevada this time around? Well, look, any judge with any kind of credibility would never allow something like this. It's never happened in the history of America. The man's been convicted of nothing. You can't take him off the ballot for for insurrection or as the Democrats call it, erection. I don't know if you know that, but a Democrat congresswoman is a complete moron. One of the squad moron communist members said Trump led an erection. I thought that was really funny. But they're just so they're, they're communist, radical traitors and dumb as a doorknob at the same time. You know, and that and that's not surprising because look at the old Soviet Union, look at the old People's Republic of China, look at everywhere, Zimbabwe, Cuba, Venezuela, Greece, wherever socialists and communists are in charge, they're vicious, they're criminals, they weaponize the government, they arrest the opposition, and they're just stupid. And they do, they can't make the trains run on time. That's what communists have in common. None of them can make the trains run on time. So they can't even pull off the weaponization of government. You know, this they're, they're the Keystone cops. They arrested Trump, they indicted Trump, and he's beating them by a mile. Nobody cares anymore. So they've screwed themselves. As far as Nevada goes, it's, it's all Trump territory. So it's going to be a landslide victory. Except I want you all to understand something, because uh, here's the deal. Outside of Nevada, I don't think anyone knows this. There's both a primary and a caucus. As bizarre as that sounds, there's a Republican primary on the on the 6th of February. Then there's a Republican caucus on the 8th. Trump isn't on the ballot for the Republican primary. He chose purposely to only be in the caucus because Trump feels these things can be rigged because there's no voter ID required in Nevada. So the primary, you could show up and vote with that ID. The caucus is run by the Republican Party in Nevada, and you have to have ID to vote, and you have to pay a $40 fee to vote. In a caucus, by the way. So Trump's going to win by 40, 50, 60 points in the caucus. You'll hear the primary results and go, Nikki Haley won? She's the only one on the ballot. Yeah. So the nation will report Nikki Haley won the primary, but they hopefully they'll realize she was the only one on the ballot. And two days from then is the real test, and Trump will win by a landslide against Ron DeSantis and everybody else. Yeah. So in other words, what you, it sounds it sounds like uh, what you're saying, Wayne, is that uh, it'll be closer in Iowa and New Hampshire than anywhere else. And that Iowa and New Hampshire uh, primary, uh, well, caucus in Iowa and then the primary caucus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, then that what that could end up doing is it could just all it could really do is help, I think, Nikki Haley with her with, with her donor class. But after that, you're saying then it's off to the races for Donald Trump. Yeah, and it's probably off to the races from day one in Iowa. I mean, in other words, I'm saying he's going to win Iowa. He just might win by 20, 25 points, which is not even close to how much he's going to win in every other state by 40 and 50 and 60. So, you know, it's a little closer in Iowa and a little closer in New Hampshire where they think a little differently than the rest of us. And personally, I'm not putting them down or anything, but I think they like to, to uh, be different so that, you know, in the media, they'll get a lot of attention. If Trump wins by 40, it's probably not going to make New Hampshire very famous. But if suddenly Trump's close in a, in a, in a battle with Nikki Haley and he wins by 15, they'll, oh, it's much closer than the pundits predicted. New Hampshire delivered for Nikki. I, I remember, I think it was Bill Clinton 
Didn't he come in second in New Hampshire? He called himself the comeback kid and then he won the nomination. So when you're second in New Hampshire, but it's closer than they predicted, they, they claim you won, right? But, but remember what happened to Joe Biden four years ago. He lost by a mile in Iowa. He lost by a mile in New Hampshire. Then he came to my state, Nevada, and lost by a landslide to Bernie Sanders. And then he went to South Carolina when he was dead. And, he, and South Carolina was delivered by a black congressman who convinced the black voters to come out for Biden. And then he went on to steamroll the nomination. I'm just saying yeah. it could wind up a little like that. You'll see something that might upset you a little bit. It might be a little closer than you'd like in Iowa or New Hampshire if you're a Trump fan. But then from the Nevada on, it's going to be a steamroll for Donald Trump. Yeah, it is looking that way, Wayne. Again, RootForAmerica.com is the website to follow Wayne Allen Root. And there's the Wayne Allen Root Show on Spotify and all good platforms, of course. Now, Wayne, uh, we've got a couple minutes left. And I know this is sort of a big question. But I'm going to make the question real brief, and we'll let it let you roll it from here. Uh, will President Trump deport the illegals that have come across in the last four years if he wins? Sure. You, you know what's funny? I didn't think that was going to be your question. I thought it was going to be, will Trump be facing Joe Biden? Because he won't be. It's going to be Michelle <laughs> Obama. Wayne Root's yeah. on record for a year now. A year ago, last January, I wrote that it's going to be Michelle Obama with Gavin Newsom as vice president facing Donald Trump a year ago. And I'm telling you, it's coming true. Michelle made those comments the other day. What's your worst nightmare? Oh, at late at night, my worst nightmare is if Trump becomes president, he'll wreck our country. He'll assassinate people. He'll destroy things. He'll, he'll uh, kill democracy. That's her way of getting into the race. Soon you will hear her saying, I don't want to be president. I hate politics, but I, I have to do it for my country. I'm being begged by every Democrat. And so I'm announcing for president. You will see that in the next six months, maybe tomorrow or maybe at the convention in the summer or maybe in May. I don't know when it's going to happen, but Joe Biden will resign for health reasons. As J.P. Morgan said, I said it a year ago, they're copying me. And Michelle Obama will be the nominee for the Democrats. Now, to answer your question, you asked me about, ask, ask it again. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, will, it, will, will President Trump, when he wins, if he oh, wins, deport. will, will yeah. he deport our illegals? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's learned his lesson. Look, I'm, I'm one of the closest uh, TV and media guys in the country to Donald Trump. And, and I, I even wrote a column a while back as a message to him. I want to keep his feet on the fire. And I said, in every column I write, I send right to Donald's desk. And he reads all my columns. And he sends me notes about all of them. And I wrote a column and I said, no more Mr. Nice Guy. You made only one really bad mistake in your last four years as president. I mean, he made a couple of mistakes. He should not have listened to Dr. Fauci. And my first day, his first day in office, I, I advised, you got to get voter ID because the next election, they're going to steal from you if you don't have voter ID to vote. And they didn't do it. They didn't get the job done. I blame Congress, not Trump. But his biggest mistake was he was too nice. You know, the media says he's vicious. He's Hitler. He's a Nazi. No, he was too nice. He let Hillary off the hook. He let all the criminals of Obama and Obama's administration off the hook. He let uh, the attorney generals under Obama off the hook. He let the uh, head of, of uh, Brennan and Clapper off the hook. They're all criminals and they all should have been put in prison. And Trump was too nice and he didn't deport anyone. As per your question, he said he would deport and he really never did. Certainly didn't do any mass deportation. He just wanted the economy to do good and the country to be prosperous and happy. And he didn't want to cause a terrible controversy. This time, 
He's not going to be a nice guy anymore. It's time to kick ass. It's time to deport millions of people because if you don't, we have no country anymore. You'll ne no Republican will ever win another election unless we deport everyone that Biden let in and then some. And you'll never right. ever see Republicans do well in the future unless you get rid of the weaponized DOJ and FBI. These people are traitors and they need to be sent to Guantanamo and put on trial for treason. But I'm a nice guy. I don't want a mob to kill them. I don't want a mob to find them guilty without a trial. I want them to be indicted, arrested, given a fair trial, a fair judge, a great legal defense, and if found guilty of treason, send them to Guantanamo for the rest of their lives for all the crimes they committed in framing Donald Trump and in leaving the border open, which is treason against the American people. So I want a fair right. trial and I want everyone to be punished. You gotta punish bad guys. Legally and lawfully, you heard it right, right here on State of the Nation by Wayne Allen Root. Pick up his book, The Power of Relentless. Check out the website, Root for America, and check out the Wayne Allen Root Show on Spotify and all good platforms. Wayne Allen Root, thank you for joining us right here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk, TNT. We'll see you soon. When I had my heart event close to four years ago, I was at the gym, thought I deserve a coffee, and thought I'll top up with fuel ordered a coffee but while I was pumping fuel I started to get chest pains then it got worse and worse and worse so then I was leaning on the counter thinking yeah something's not quite right so then I went to wait for the coffee and that's when it really really hit and Joy just you know mouth do you need an ambulance and I remember nodding I wasn't even thinking about a heart attack I just thought something is seriously wrong with me here so when the cardiologist came to see me she informed me that I'd had what they call a widowmaker heart attack Bit of a shock when someone says, you know, you nearly died. <laughs> Everybody should be aware of all the symptoms of a heart attack that women can have that aren't typical of the shoulder pain, the right arm pain. I go to the gym, I do yoga, Pilates, I swim, I go on bike rides, and yet I still had a heart attack. You just don't know it could be you. What do I love about riding? It's the thrill. The excitement. Riding gives me a sense of freedom. I feel so connected to the road. Riding is like therapy to me. It makes me feel alive. Love riding? Back off. Conversations about what matters the most. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Now, there's a lot at stake in the Iowa caucuses, which take place January 15th. They mark the official start to the presidential nominating process. They'll also test former President Donald Trump's apparent continued strength among Republicans and whether anyone else can give him a run for his money. Note our conversation with Ken Cuccinelli yesterday in that regard. Uh, but why does Iowa dominate the political conversation every four years around this time? And how do caucuses even work if we were to back up for a moment? Let's discuss this with our friend, political analyst, Mr. Rich Rubino, joining us once again. Rich, welcome back to State of the Nation. Now, we've seen uh, historically that trajectories can change after the caucuses. 
I saw you speaking with uh, Bradley J recently on his show, and you were um, using Howard Dean and uh, Dick Gephardt as examples of sort of political uh, sea changes that can happen around caucuses. So uh, what are you seeing right now uh, this year? And what do you have to say to Ken Cuccinelli, who was with us yesterday, saying that Ron DeSantis is uh, not off of the menu yet? Yeah, well, that was actually the example I was given about Iowa in 2004 was interesting because Howard Dean was the front runner for much of the latter part of that campaign season. And what happened is him and Dick Gephardt started going after each other and they really went after each other. And voters in Iowa do not like that. So what happened is John Kerry and John Edwards in the last few weeks rose to the top because they were not running negative campaigns. So John Kerry came in second, John Edwards third, John Edwards second, and then came Dean and Gephardt. Gephardt then dropped out. Dean had his famous scream and was after that, after that was essentially irrelevant. So there certainly are changes. Now, in terms of Ron DeSantis, uh, Ron DeSantis has to finish second place, I think. If he finishes third place, I don't really see where he can go from here. New Hampshire is more of a state that's, I think, tailor-made for Nikki Haley. It's essentially, um, it's it's essentially more, it's it's more suburban, it's more moderate, it's less evangelical. So that's more of where her base has been so far. Ron DeSantis has to show in order to go into New Hampshire, he has to show that he has he has to show some momentum. I'm talking similar to what Bill Clinton in 1992, for example, he came in second place to Paul Songus, thought the next day the story was momentum because he had been down in the polls. He came up, lost by nine points, and then he used that to go on to Georgia, which was more of a state that was met for Bill Clinton as a Southerner. So um, in terms of this year, I think that Nikki Haley, her ba- she basically, she can she theoretically could come in third and then win New Hampshire. New Hampshire is more the state where she's been focusing. But if she does come in second place here, then she's going to get some momentum. Then she goes on to New Hampshire. But then after that would come South Carolina. And in South Carolina, so far, Donald Trump has a mammoth lead. And if she loses in her home state, then it's very hard for her to make the case beyond her home state with the voters who knew her best that she was be a um, that she would be a, that she'd be a more formidable candidate. So I think she actually has to win. She should win New Hampshire. Then she actually has to win South Carolina. But that's a tall task right now. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, Rich, it seems uh, that we were just talking to Wayne Allen Root before you came on, yep. and he essentially said that, look, it may be a little bit closer in Iowa and New Hampshire, especially the Granite State. They're like the French. They're contrarians there. They always yep. throw us a curveball. But, but, but even if that happens, I mean, the elephant in the room here, no pun intended, is Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump is probably going to win Iowa by a substantial margin. He's probably going to win New Hampshire, probably definitely, according to Wayne Allen Root, going to just pound it in Nevada. And in South Carolina, if he goes in there and hands Nikki Haley her lunch, uh, how quickly are those donor bucks going to dry up? Yeah, I don't see where there's an avenue because, it, it first of all, Nikki Haley needs to win somewhere. But second of all, this is her home state. And these are the voters who know her best. Like in 1992, when Tom Harkin was running, no candidate even campaigned in Iowa because everyone said that's his home state. He's going to win. Tom Harkin won about 80% of the vote. Now contrast that. Jerry Brown that year lost California to Bill Clinton. He was essentially out of the race after that. Uh, Marco Rubio lost to Donald Trump in Florida. He had nowhere to go after that. Elizabeth Warren came in third place in Massachusetts. If you don't win your home state, especially a state that you've been governor and been reelected governor, where do you go from there? And I can see if I'm a donor and I'm looking at that, I'm saying, you can't. You couldn't win Iowa. Maybe you won New Hampshire. You couldn't win South Carolina. Where can you potentially win after that? How are you a viable candidate? And why should I open up my checkbook for you? And that's a very 
it's a very tough case to make. I think New Hampshire, Iowa's certainly not make a break for her. New Hampshire is more of a momentum state, but South Carolina is absolutely make or break for her because you should win your home state. If you look at other candidates, how well they've done in home states in the primaries, it's not even been close. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Rich, I'm I'm curious. There's something different this time around because normally it's Iowa, New Hampshire, then yeah. South Carolina. But um, Biden lost New Hampshire last time, if if memory serves. Yep. Um, so how how is this changing this year? How is how's the DNC using this to their advantage, or you know, what are they do, doing? Because there's something different going on this time around. Yeah, this is a different scenario. Biden and the got the DNC essentially to agree to put South Carolina first. New Hampshire would no longer be first. Iowa would no longer be first. There hasn't been much protest in Iowa. But New Hampshire, there's a law in New Hampshire that says that New Hampshire has to go before any other state. So they're still going to have a primary, the Republican primary, but also a Democratic primary. Now, the delegates are not going to be awarded to the convention from the state of New Hampshire. So it's basically going to be a beauty contest, but there's still going to be there's still going to be a contest. Voters, Democrats in New Hampshire are still going to be going to the polls voting. So Dean Phillips, the congressman, for, the congressman from Minnesota, and Marion Williamson are on the ballot in the state of New Hampshire. Joe Biden is not. So what's happened is there's a write-in campaign now for Joe Biden, so he's not embarrassed in the state of New Hampshire. Um, there's a write-in campaign, Maura Healy, the governor of Massachusetts, uh, Jamie Raskin, the congressman from Maryland. They're all going up there and telling people, Please, please, please vote right in the name of Joe Biden. The la- there's precedent for this in 1968. Lyndon Johnson did not have his name on the ballot. So what happened? Eugene McCarthy wasn't supposed to do very well, won 42.4% of the vote. A few weeks, a few days later, Lyndon Johnson was out of the race. Um, in Joe Biden's case, he simply, simply, um, he simply cannot be embarrassed here. Now, that being said, you talk about embarrassing, though. Dean Phillips just had a, um, a town hall meeting two days ago, and literally nobody showed up like zero people. So he was sitting there. The media's all there. Dean Phillips is there sitting there waiting for people to show up. And there was literally not a voter. So I don't think that Joe Biden is necessarily um, fearful of a Dean Phillips um, momentum on going into New Hampshire primary. I think that probably proves it. <laughs> well, really, let me nobody, ask you. Like zero. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, I, and then you, of course, and then you're sitting there staring at a press gaggle, going, "Well, this kind of <laughs> sucks." I mean, <laughs> then you try to get someone off the street to come and say, "Can you please ask me a question, sir?" You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go offer him free coffee. Um, uh, let me, let me, uh, Rich. Here's the thing: a, a lot of speculation, a lot of scuttlebutt lately that Biden, even Wayne Allen Root, addressed this. Uh, Biden will not be the nominee. He's going to find a way to bag out. Now, let's just extrapolate from that if that were true doesn't it make more sense doesn't it make more sense that he would do it we've only got about a minute here not even but does it make more sense that he do it before the convention or during the convention i would think before the convention i don't think he's going to do that by the way i think he's got an organization he's spending a lot of time go. with that organization campaign offices in delaware i can't imagine all right there's some scenario where he we got it we got to let you go rich because we're getting cut off by the clock but thank you very much rich rubino god bless thank you so we've much. got another hour state of the nation continues on tnt after this